You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Yes, I never get tired of that music bed. I know Kurt's a big music fan, but that's our music bed. And you're listening to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we have a great show planned for you. Why do you ask? Because Kurt Losey is here, and he is the founder of Bored and Thirsty. Kurt, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Rick, and thank you for having me here and uh, supporting entrepreneurs in the area. The, the networking you're doing is tremendous. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you about your latest venture. So let's let's go back a little bit in time, and let's share with us the original inspiration and now motivation for you and your co-founder to launch Board and Thirsty. Yeah. Um, so the original inspiration for Board and Thirsty really came from our co-founder, Darren Rasmussen. He saw an opportunity to build a positive and inclusive lifestyle water brand that was anchored in art and sustainability. Those are two uh, passion points for him. And he saw a white space in the packaged water industry. Um, and he wanted to take advantage of that and do something really innovative. Then we kind of further developed that concept to use uh, the latest advancements in digital can printing to create a media platform out of our packaging. So the goal then was to turn millions of cans of water and market uh, into this collaborative marketing platform for artists, musicians, fashion designers, gaming companies, sports teams, and even corporate sponsors. And so what we ended up creating, uh, even though we may not have set out to create it from the beginning, was what I call the world's first CPG media company, in that we blend those two industries together. And so we don't only make beautiful water and beautiful cans, but we also help use our platform to support important charities like One Drop that helps bring clean, sustainable water to underserved communities across the globe. So I just happened to finish a can earlier yes. today. So love love yes. the packaging Thank and you. the creativity that goes behind it. So tell me why you and your co-founder truly believe that this business idea is going to be successful and to thrive in the marketplace. Yeah, I, you know, and I've been an entrepreneur. This is my third entrepreneurial venture. It's also Darren's third company, coincidentally. And I think any seasoned entrepreneur who's done uh, started one or more company will tell you that you didn't truly believe in your concept until you <laughs> decided to leave the comfort of a you know cushy paid job, right. focus one hundred percent of your time on a on a high risk venture. So, at one sense, the belief happened for me when I dedicated one hundred and ten percent of my time to develop Board and Thirsty. And um, it, that, that passion and that commitment has been reinforced time and time again with the dozens of discussions and validations we receive really on a daily basis from veterans in the beverage industry, the retail industry, entertainment, and media industries. And um, yeah, so that's, that's really where, where the source of the, the passionate belief came from. So it's been my experience having interviewed founders on the program over the years that uh, many times the original concept, when it hits the marketplace, sometimes there are pivots, major or minor. Have, have you uh, and Darren had any pivots to the business since you've launched? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, there, there's been a, a ton of pivots, quite honestly speaking. I mean, you know, um, we learned that making a great tasting water 
an enhanced alkaline water isn't easy at all. We, Darren had had some success um, with another beverage business that he created that was much more complicated. Uh, so he really thought making water, especially great tasting water out of can would be easy. And it really isn't. It, there's, <laughs> there is an art to it and not everyone can do it. And so we, we learned um, how to make this really amazing uh, formula where we reverse osmosis our water to 99% pure, then we build it back up with um, minerals, including rare earth minerals like trace minerals for taste. And it really creates a, a special mouthfeel and unique flavor in the can. I know you've tried it. And uh, yeah. so um, the other one, I think uh, the pivot was that we was sort of a self-inflicted challenge or pain point. And that was in us creating this dynamic brand that always features this uh, wide array of different can designs and art with our collaborators. It's a difficult process in production, inventory management, and logistics challenges to mean to know what we have available at any one time. Um, so um, there, there were some pivots uh, that involved how we package our product. Can we multi-pack products, and in what configurations and so all of that happened uh, in the last 18 months or so. So are, is that most recent kind of learning, is that, a, is that an issue that gets easier with scale or do you see it being more challenging as you scale and continue to grow the brand? So it's all about the processes you set in place first with um, you know, how to manage um, a diverse array of can designs that are essentially the same product. We only sell one product and that's this delicious outline water but the can packaging can be changed and customized. So in some ways it gets uh, easier to manage because we've set up the appropriate groundwork to manage um, this diversity of, of art on our cans. And uh, it will get much easier as we continue to add resources to the team and, and raise additional funds to have uh, people dedicated on, on making sure we're, we're as efficient as we need to be in our inventory management. So uh, on your hat, you have the brand, love it. And behind you, you have an image that's also on the can. What's the, what's the message or the story behind the image? So this is our, our board ape. He's, um, we call him Thurston Howell the first. <laughs> and he, um, he's, he's our mascot. We, he, we play around with his clothing to um, dress him up in different uh, you know, costumes and uniforms uh, for different corporate sponsors. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, again, part of Darren's original concept was to build a lifestyle water uh, around art as a central theme. And he wanted to pay homage to what the NFT community um, brought as far as real income potential to, to struggling artists, because NFTs were really instrumental in helping artists monetize their art and protecting their assets digitally in a unique way. And so the first series of our cans were... Uh, designed to um, uh, sort of celebrate the big ones like Board Ape Yacht Club, Pudgy Penguins, Azuki. And if anyone's familiar with NFTs in the Web3 space, they were some of the biggest, um, most advanced communities out there with rapid followings. And we just wanted to pay homage to those communities. So you've kind of touched on the business, but uh, I want to go, if we could, a little bit deeper into Bored and Thirsty. Who do you see? Okay, so I see the consumer who's going to value the mothfield, as you call it, and the positive nature of the brand. But where do you see um, your clients? 
Who are your partners? How do you see this business today in today's world? Where do you see it going and how is it going to be initially successful in the marketplace? Yeah, I mean, we we really believe, you know, millennials are going to be our early adopters. They're, they're already, um, the data supports that they're drinking less soda and sugary beverages. They're, they're drinking less alcohol these days and they want healthier for, for you choices in the beverages. But they also don't want to they, they also want a branded experience, something that looks a little interesting, that they can pick a selection of designs that meet their lifestyle interests. So they might pick up some cans that we have that celebrate a mu new music artist or a new fine artist. Um, and, and that might be resonate with their lifestyle. So we think the, the millennials are going to adopt it the fastest. OK. And, and from a customer standpoint, we're really working with not only retailers that have a strict uh, commitment to sustainability goals, eliminating single-use plastic, um, so we can work with large grocery chains, convenience stores, hospitality groups, um, and a lot of specialty retailers that may want to do their part by their corporate initiatives to reduce single-use plastic. So we can get in through sustainability, and then we can succeed through the uh, the great taste of our product and by providing this uh, marketing service as well for our customers. Is that is that an additional point of different? Is that unique to your space? I I, I think it is, but I, I don't know your space like you know. Is is that aspect of your brand something that's differentiated beyond what you see others doing? It really is, and you know, uh, part of the idea that I I kind of contributed to this overall concept was using the can packaging as uh, a platform for marketing right. and advertising. And where that little bug came to be for me was, you know, you used to see Coca-Cola putting a little dinosaur in the corner before the Jurassic three, you know, promotion. And they would do a cooperative promotion between the studio and the theater and the, and uh, you know, the other interests involved. But we wanted to flip that around and rather than give, you know, two, 5% of our can space to an advertiser, we give 80% of our can space to our collaborative advertisers. And we only take that little badge uh, that lets people know it's high quality water that's been um, carefully preserved and maintains our sustainability and low carbon footprint um, brand ethos. So this is really an interactive uh, branding label. Do, do you also see interactivity in the design ultimately? Is there, is there other ideas that you have for how the can can, can be utilized? To, so we actually, yeah, we were the first to innovate a, a small format beverage that um, is AR activated. Okay. So if you happen to find this can out in the market, we, we released <laughs> this design at a Life is Beautiful big concert festival in uh, August in Las Vegas. And when you take your phone to this can and it sees that little QR code, it'll activate a platform for AR. And within a couple of clicks, Thurston will, will start coming alive through animation through your camera and start um, bobbing and weaving to a Snoop Dogg track. So it's it's pretty fun. And it was just an example to show people how we can transform an ordinary can of art right. into a vehicle for true entertainment. And the only other aspect that's really important is we can interact with people on an uh, engagement standpoint through the fun activity we design. And then on the back, the QR codes can take people to whatever our uh, collaborators uh, preferred destination is, a digital portal a marketing event, a loyalty program, a discount for something that you can buy. So not only do we capture attention, but we turn that attention into transactions. Do you see that, that aspect of it, creating a community of your loyal 
consumers as well? Is there a community aspect for Bored and Thirsty in addition to all the value to the sponsors? Absolutely. I mean, I think there's there, there are some designs. Darren's so good at what he does and having spent 25 plus years designing um, consumer product goods and, and shopper marketing activations that really capture the attention of shoppers that he knows how to transform essentially an ad or a promotion into a little work of art that's collectible. So we are finding people like we get requests all the time from people who saw our water at a festival asking how they can buy those same designs as memorabilia for the festival. Hmm. Uh, and the QR codes will take them to places where they can buy merchandise for that festival. So yes, there is a strong community. We have a lot of education to do though, because people aren't accustomed to seeing an ordinary can of water offer so many other cool things with it. So right. we've got our work cut out. Do, do you think you, first of all, in my mind, you have a first mover advantage with this whole concept. And do you, do you see the ability to build kind of, a, a, as Warren Buffett might say, a, a moat around this idea so that others can't try to come in and, and take your idea? From yeah, you? we're talking with some law firms that have some ideas about how to protect some of the things that we do between sign uh, design and interactivity. Um, and I think really my, my answer in, in how I've dealt with other investors, potential investors, when they talk about, you know, we're not a tech company that has a tech innovation to protect IP, but this is a very difficult uh, business to accomplish well, because you need to have decades of experience in knowing how to build and run a CPG product and play that game. But you also have to understand the needs of advertisers who want uh, to and appreciate uh, new media, right? Especially non-digital or in real world media that leads to a digital experience. So right. um, unless you have really both uh, a good understanding of how those industries work and then have the foresight to think about how they collide and come together and work together to create something new, it is very difficult. And the only other thing I want to say is that we are breaking all the rules of traditional branding. Most there, there's never had uh, been a, a beverage or consumer product where the package is constantly changing. And that's for a reason. You know, the, the old school thinking of branding is you have one right. Coke can. It's bright red. It always has Coke. You remember that. You go to seek it. Well, we're we're upsetting that up apart completely by saying we want to be sort of the intel inside of water. You see our badge, you know the water is exceptional. You see our cans and you know it's, it's something you should probably learn about. It's either a charity that's doing amazing things or it's an artist that you've never heard of that's going to blow your mind, or it's a musician that's new to the market. We're the arbiters of something that is cool, the curators of cool and what's new and next. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's super exciting the, the 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 thought process you've put into this and and your early experience with the challenges of doing this i think in and of itself is a barrier to entry for others who maybe just don't want to put that much time and thought and effort behind it you really have to have what it sounds like you and darren have as far as the culture and chemistry of bored and thirsty so this is super exciting but you mentioned it earlier uh this isn't your first rodeo so i'm wondering as a serial entrepreneur, Kurt, have you learned some lessons that uh, you could maybe share with us about what it take to be successful as not just an entrepreneur, but a serial entrepreneur? Boy, man, I could go on for days about this one, but I'll try and keep it short. Some of the best pieces of advice in starting my first businesses came from attorneys, and it's to this day, they still do. So a good lawyer uh, early on in your business planning and strategy is worth their weight in gold. 
one of the uh, early lawyers I had with my first company um, convinced us to get um, fraudulent, uh, uh, basically uh, insurance coverage for any fraudulent lawsuits. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> Honestly, and, and I didn't even know who covered it, but he said, get, get insurance in case somebody just sues you to knock you out of business while you're in the crib, so to speak. And sure enough, when I was in that first business, we had an interesting tech play. Essentially, it was Groupon seven years before Groupon ever was invented. But somebody, you know, a patent troll came out and sued us as they said they invented the first digital coupon. And they sued Kroger and a bunch of other major organizations. And literally, this insurance paid for the, the best representation we could have hoped for that ended up getting this, um, this, this frivolous lawsuit thrown out of court with prejudice. And all the other big corporations followed our, our strategy and path. So my, my one big piece of advice, if I had to boil it down to one, is get good legal advice early on from people who truly care about your business and want to head off problems. It, it can save your business in the long run. Yeah, it's the things you don't know you don't know that can be so damaging to the business to having people around that can share that to you. That's that's what I see with entrepreneurs. When we bring the things from what they don't know they don't know into the fact that they now know they don't know what about it, they take action on it, right? But when you when you're not even aware that you need it, yes, that's a that's a a great example. But you have moved seamlessly from being an entrepreneur to working for people to being an entrepreneur. What a lot of people can't do that, Kurt. I'm wondering what's been the secret for you to to go from being a founder or a co-founder to being an employee in a corporation. <laughs> I would say the lack of the massive exit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, initially, right? Yeah. But um, now, realistically, uh, any entrepreneur, if they if they don't get thoroughly defeated after their first business or first failure they do become a serial. They, they always look for the rush of the next big, cool idea that they can be a part of. And so for me, it's when, when I've had great ideas to work on and a great team of people and a good business plan and, and the funding, which is critical, to pull it off, that's been, those have been the best, most exciting, most stressful times in my life. But in between those periods, I, I got kind of known as this, um, this, this marketing executive who could scale um, venture-backed startups. And so I would get attracted and offers into these other really cool ideas. Um, and that fed the passion because it was a very entrepreneurial role, even when I was working for other companies. But the, you know, this idea was special to me. And as soon as Darren brought it to me, I knew I had to be a part and I knew I could advance it in unique ways. And I think that's what created the magic here with this new business. So, uh, over the years, interviewing entrepreneurs and founders of companies, one of the things that I've learned from conversations with them and my own personal experience is you have to have a spouse who's on board oh, with you 100%. Can you speak a little bit about that relationship? Uh, you've nailed something that I all too often forget to mention. It is absolutely critical you have a partner in, in that capacity that can back you because if you've never been an entrepreneur, you know that there are some of the lowest, most self-doubting times of your life. And if you don't have a supportive partner partner at your at your back who believes in you 150%, it it, it uh, you can't do it. You just can't. You need that support system, whether it comes from a partner, whether it comes from other family members or close friends that can provide that role, you need it. I mean, I would 
say that's critical to having success in a business is having somebody who has your back and believes in you. Right. Because it's also been my experience from doing this show that sometimes the business startup can cause the marriage to fail. You know, the yeah. business can be successful, but the marriage can't survive it. There's time pressures where you're unavailable. There's stress. There's financial pressures that you aren't making as much as you could if you were working for another company. Um, it's so all of those things and more that if you don't have an understanding of very patient partner, it, it just becomes too much and you need yeah. all the help you can get. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for founders of early stage companies to give up yeah. and to go back to get the security of a paycheck. Yes. And without that backstop of someone, to your point, who believes in you unconditionally, I'm sure people have given up maybe too soon and others who have that you can get you through that dark night when you're going like, what am I doing? <laughs> really? It is so true. And Colleen, love you. Appreciate you. You might want to know. I mean, we're going on our 30th year wedding anniversary and she's, this is her third crazy ride. So I could not be doing any of this without her. That's fantastic. Okay. Let's, let's focus on the future. Now I'm going to have, obviously Kurt, I'm gonna have you back on the show as Borden Thirsty blows up. Where, where do you see the, what's the vision that you and your partner have for the future of Bored and Thirsty? Yeah. So we're building out currently um, distribution of our product into major grocery chains across the country, into major convenience stores, um, a, a good number of specialty retail stores, hospitality groups think hotels and airliner vision is once we have tens of millions of cans in market in all these unique places, basically as many places as you can buy water, then we partner with major ad agencies and we become another pillar of ad channels that they sell to their customers that they can leverage and they can utilize. So um, our advantage over, let's say a big display, like a freeway display sign network is that people buy our ads. And we deliver healthy hydration at the same time. So not only are they enticed by the beautiful artwork and nourished by the, the great hydration, they know they're doing good for the planet by having a sustainable water choice. And then they can take their time, share and discover what our advertisers have to, to share with them. So that, that is the vision we see, building a massive media company in a rooted in a really good, tasting, good for the planet. I, and I, as you describe it, and I see kind of like a profile of who the clients will, customers will be, I do see a powerful opportunity for a community that you can move community from, from place to place, from sponsor to sponsor, from cause to cause too. So that, that's really awesome. So, okay. How can people not want to rush out, learn more about Bored and Thirsty, possibly buy some and taste this delicious water where do you tell them to go my friend right now we tell i mean the fastest way to get it is to order it on amazon and have it delivered we're okay we're launching in um i think by in, in the next several months we'll probably be in 12 to 1500 stores um all over the country so not only think save mart lucky stores in northern california uh harman's in utah uh, bodegas up and down the eastern seaboard, 7-Elevens in Chicago and California and uh, other places on the East Coast. So as we expand sort of our grocery and retail footprint, 
You're also going to see us um, in some uh, restaurant chains. You're going to see us in some uh, airliners that you're going to be flying around with and a variety of hotels. So you're going to find us in the world uh, next year all over the place. But until then, buy us online. And, and visit uh, bornthirsty.com is our website. We have some, you can also order some cool merch like this awesome hat and t-shirts that we have there. Uh, and if you ever want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, it's just uh, Kurt Losey, K-U-R-T-L-O-H-S-E. So you, you can look me up. I'm happy to connect and share whatever advice I can. Well, thank you very much for your time. I know you got a million things pulling at you right now, but I've enjoyed the time to spend with you and learn more about your what your vision for the future is. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rick. Really, thank you for putting this on. It's a tremendous resource for all kinds of business folks, but especially entrepreneurs. And you're doing a great service. Thank you. And I'd like to thank the audience. You're a part of Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Kurt's show now is in our archives of over 1,400 interviews that we've done with Orange County entrepreneurs over the years. If you happen to be an Orange County entrepreneur and you have a story to tell, then reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Rick, which is R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Coincidentally, that's also our company's website, rickfranzi.com. Until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.